Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a look at staying at Disney on-site hotels and whether the benefits you receive from staying at an on-site Disney hotel are worth the extra price you pay. One note, I wrote it in my notes, but forgot to say it during the episode. 60-day fast passes and extra magic hours have now been extended to some off-site Disney hotels, like the ones in Disney Springs or the Four Seasons, so bear that in mind. We'll have to do another episode on that. Find old episodes at DisneyDecipher.com, subscribe, rate, and review in your favorite podcatcher, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And today we're here to talk to you about the benefits of staying at on-site Walt Disney World hotels. Now, let's just get this out of the way up front. Staying at an on-site Disney World hotel is not going to be your most economical option. In fact, it's probably going to be your most expensive option in a lot of cases. I think, you know, if you are a frequent traveler and you're going to Disney World, I think you the first thing to say is that when you're paying extra for a Disney World hotel, you're not paying for like a nicer hotel. So for example, you could stay at the Polynesian, which is a deluxe Disney hotel, or you could stay at the Four Seasons for about the same amount of money. In terms of like quote unquote hotel experience, the Four Seasons is going to be, for lack of a better word, fancier. I haven't stayed at the Four Seasons, Leslie, but that's my understanding. I know you love the Polynesian, but do you think as a hotel hotel, does it stand up to the Four Seasons? Yeah, no way. I mean, I adore the Polynesian, but the Four Seasons is the absolute tip top in Orlando luxury. And in fact, it often is can be found for less than the Polynesian. So you're paying the Disney World markup, not for quality, not for better rooms, not necessarily for better service, but more for the Disney perks, which is what we're here to talk about today. Yeah. So we are here to talk about what is this extra stuff? What are these Disney perks? That you're paying for. Now, there's a lot of benefits that come with staying at an on-site Disney hotel. And so what we thought we'd do today is just go through the different benefits and talk to you about, I guess, how valuable they are to us. So you ready to get started? Let's get started. I'm curious to see if we're uh, going to agree or disagree on some of these benefits. Yeah, that is going to be interesting. Oh, and I also just say, um, you know, in this episode, we're not going to go through you know, any specific hotels or things like that. We're talking about the benefits that any guest would get at any Disney World hotel. Um, but in case you're unfamiliar, just so you know, there are three kind of levels of Disney hotels, value, moderate, and deluxe. They cost from the low end to the high end in that order. But these benefits that we're talking about will be available to any guests of any of those levels of hotels. So we're not going to talk about club level or anything fancy like that today. Right. Just the basics. Just the facts. All right, so let's get started. The first benefit, a fast pass plus 60-day window. And actually, it's not to get too into the weeds, but in you know, 60 days from the day you check in, as long as your stay is 10 days or less, you can book fast passes for all of your vacation days. For people who are not staying on site, that window is only 30 days. So how valuable do you think the 60-day fast pass plus window is? That's very valuable to me personally, because a lot of the most sought after fast passes are gone within the first few minutes of that 60 day window opening up, you know, for a while frozen ever after was gone immediately. And it still has gone pretty quickly these days. Of course, now with Pandora having opened up the two rides there and, and uh, Animal Kingdom are 
always hot sellers, still seven doors mine train several years later, those go really quickly. So if those are must do rides for you, and a lot of them are for me and my kids, then I think that's a huge, huge benefit. That's probably the biggest one in my mind. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I'll say that if I am with my kids, it's not that valuable of a benefit just because, you know, anything that we want to fast pass, except for maybe Peter Pan, um, we can pretty much get at that 30 day window, uh, if we need to. But, uh, if I'm on my own or with other adults or, uh, when my kids get older, like you said, for, especially for those thrill rides, you know, that 60 day window is invaluable. Um, I will say that for our upcoming trip in late June, my 60 day window just opened and I managed to find flight of passage fast passes without too much, actually without any issue. So, you know, if you get in right in there at 60 days, uh, it actually opens at 7am. If you really want to be super anal about it, um, it can be very valuable. That is really good to know. I have not booked mine yet for that trip, but we definitely are going to be wanting to ride that at least with my older child, not my, not my son. All right. So moving on to the next benefit, free magic bands. Take it or leave it. Uh, I mean, I like magic bands fine, but if I really needed them, I'd be willing to pay the, you know, what is it, fourteen ninety five for one. It's more about what they're able to do for you and the conveniences that they give you when you're staying in an on-property hotel just to unlock your door and charge things to your room, have your credit card linked. But, you know, the fact that I'm getting a piece of plastic free isn't necessarily a big selling point for me. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I'd agree. You know, I think once you have one set of magic bands, that's enough. Like at this point, I just decline magic bands mainly because my wife is sick of the clutter. Uh, if my daughter had her way, she would get a new magic band like every month. Um, and it is, you know, it, with the new magic bands, it's fun. You can kind of mix and match colors. You can take the center part out and make it look fancy, but you know, that's kind of all decorative stuff. And uh, I'm not a fancy guy, so, you know, I can pretty much leave it for the magic bands. But it's a nice perk to have. It's just, you know, not something that I would go out of my way to pay extra for. Yeah, agreed. But for those of you who are craftier than we are, I know a lot of people do some really cute stuff with magic bands. Um, Go check it out on Pinterest. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. So uh, next benefit, extra magic hours. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and whether you find that valuable or not? Yes. So these are early morning or late night hours where a park is open only for Disney on property guests and it rotates out and they are kind of a little bit of a moving target. Disney will add them if they see crowd levels being higher than um, expected or sometimes they'll take them away. Uh, But I... Uh, it depends on the kind of trip I'm taking as to whether they're valuable for me. The morning hour can be nice when I'm with my young kids and they're up anyway, and we can just kind of get in and get a couple rides in that we don't need fast passes for. So we might use them, but you know, if you're going for a longer trip, it's really hard to get up at 7am or 6am to make the 7am or opening um, uh, sometimes day after day after day. You might use it, you know, once. But if I'm on a solo trip uh, or a trip with other grownups, I really, really love the evening magic hours. I always find that Disney World parks close too early for me, especially because I'm coming from the West Coast. And so the time difference is to my advantage. I'm able to stay up later because it's earlier, on, you know, because of the time change. I definitely enjoy the extra magic hours in the evenings when I'm on an adults only trip. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I would say that 
a lot of my extra magic hours experiences have, I guess, not lived up to expectations. You know, you kind of, I guess you kind of just have to set your expectations, right? Don't think that if you're staying for extra magic hours, you're going to all of a sudden get onto everything with no lines, um, especially like the popular rides, like what we said, like Flight of Passage, Seven Doors Mine Train. You know, they're still going to have lines, at extra magic hours, maybe even longer than, um, well, not longer, but like longer than you would definitely wait if you had a fast pass, shorter than it would be during the regular day. So, you know, I would set your expectations right. You know, one thing I actually found that is really nice for extra magic hours is if you want to give your oldest child like kind of like a special night and kind of stretch it out and him or her late for one day, extra magic hours can be nice for that, especially if you have younger kids. You, for example, Leslie, if your kids, if their bedtime's eight at home, that's 11 uh, on Eastern time, right? So if you keep them for extra magic hours, the nice thing is that all those kids rides, except for Peter Pan you know, those lines go way down. Um, so that's good. Another tip for extra magic hours, or maybe not a tip, but something to bear in mind. Usually keep an eye out. The park that has extra magic hours is usually busier that day because a lot of the on-site guests end up at that park just because of the, just because of the EMH uh, one way or the other. That's right. So if you have a park hopper ticket, a good strategy sometime is to use the EMH for the first hour and then hop somewhere else. Exactly. All right. So Magical Express, we've talked about that quite a bit in other episodes, but that is the bus service that takes you from MCO Airport to your Disney hotel and back to MCO Airport. Uh, I'm going to go first. You know, I find Magical Express very valuable with my young kids um, just because, you know, I can check my bags at my home airport and they show up in my room a few hours after I arrive. It's nice to not worry about having to rent a car. My kids are just drinking the Disney Kool-Aid with all the basically commercials that they're showing on the bus as you're uh, traveling to the parks or traveling to your hotel from the airport. And, you know, it's a nice way to start your vacation. Even though, you know, sometimes it can take a little bit longer because, you know, maybe your bus has to go to different hotels and stuff like that. And, you know, it can take an hour to two hours. I still find Magical Express very valuable. But what about you, Leslie? I'd agree, especially with having had younger kids these last many years. Just not having to lug the bags uh, is a huge value to me. Now, I'm kind of getting to the point. My kids are a little older than yours, Joe, and I'm interested to see if this is going to change. You know, right now we're still checking bags and my youngest is still in a stroller, but not for much longer. And I'm curious to see if the calculus is going to change for us, if we'd rather just you know, grab a carry-on bag as my kids are able to drag those themselves and hop in an Uber in the next couple of years. Um, but yeah, it's it's really nice for families, especially if you're coming for a week where you're probably going to have to check a bag anyway to have somebody else handle that. Yep. And then on the way back, you know, I, I think it's the same thing, although it does leave three hours before your flight, which is a little bit too early for me. I actually engage in some kind of not real flight number shenanigans so I can leave a little bit later, but I would not uh, necessarily recommend that. That's only for if you uh, like to live dangerously. You've admitted it on air, Joe. They're going to come for you. Yeah. I mean, it's the same bus anyway. So, (laughs) all right. So location, how do you, do you think that there is a major value for the location you get for on-site Disney hotels? Sort of. I mean, I'd say that a lot of the Disney hotels have better locations than other Disney hotels. I mean, the average location for an on-property hotel is better than the average location for an off-property hotel. Sure. But 
all things are not created equal in the Disney universe, even. I mean, the monorail hotels near the Magic Kingdom have primo uh, locations and are priced accordingly. And then there are other hotels that are kind of out in the boondocks where you're going to have basically just as long of a transit time to certain parks as you might from an off-property location. So this is one of those ones for me that it really depends. And you're going to have transit time at Disney World anyway. You know, maybe not to every park, but to most parks. So it's a, it's a little bit of a benefit to me, but not a, a game-changing one. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I generally prefer to stay in moderates. And the reality is the location of moderates, it's, it's kind of going to be the same as you're not going to travel much further than, you know, if you stay at an offsite property near the Disney bubble. I will say that if you do have the budget to spring for a deluxe and you stay either on Crescent Lake or in the Seven Seas Lagoon, Crescent Lake being near Hollywood Studios and Epcot, so meaning you can walk to those two parks, uh, Seven Seas Lagoon obviously being the large lagoon in front of the Magic Kingdom, um, meaning you can walk if you're from the Contemporary or take the monorail or a boat from the Polynesian or the Grand Floridian. I do think those locations do make a huge difference, especially if you have young kids. Like if you're staying at the Contemporary, you can walk back to your hotel for a nap, which is a huge deal. Speaking of getting around to the parks, you know, part of the benefit of staying at an onsite hotel is you kind of can save money getting to and from the parks both via the free buses that travel between your hotel and the parks and also via free parking at the theme park. So what kind of value do you place on that? Uh, so yeah, that, that's, that's valuable to me a little bit. Of course, now the Disney resort hotels charge for parking and I rarely have a car, but if I go for a longer vacation, I like to have a car if I want to explore around. So that's a little bit valuable to me, but eh, not as much as some of the other benefits. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I would say the same. You know, I would say that the free parking used to be really valuable, but yes, you get free parking at the theme park still. So you save $22 there. But if you're saying deluxe, you know, you're paying $24 a night for parking. So you're actually losing $2 per day. So, you know, it's just not as valuable as it used to be. I know that some people have had very bad experiences with Disney buses. We've talked about that in a previous episode, you know, your experience when you're a kid, but you know, I've never had a huge problem with Disney buses getting to the parks. It's especially useful if you're going to Magic Kingdom because you don't have to get across Seven Seas Lagoon to get to the park. So, you know, it's a decent benefit, but I don't love it. There are a couple of other benefits that uh, we're not going to talk about in depth, but I just want to highlight if you are staying on site, you can get the Disney dining plan. Although I generally find that to be a bad value for most circumstances, although there are a few circumstances where it might work for you. Another nice benefit is resort charging privileges. Um, basically, you can use your magic band uh, and tap your magic band to pay for anything and charge it to your room. So that's kind of useful in terms of convenience, although obviously it's not like a huge game changer. And also there are children activity centers um, that you can pay for if you're at an on-site hotel, if you and your partner want to go out for a night. For for now, Joe, they've announced that they're closing them, I believe, at the end of July 2018. Rest in peace. Wow. So that benefit is just garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I personally will be taking advantage of it in June when we go. I think I'll put my kids in the Simba's Cub House one night when we're uh, staying, staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Oh, they just – why do they take so much away from us, Disney? Why? I know. All right. So to close out 
Leslie, why don't you give me one type of family that you think would benefit greatly from staying on site? Uh, A family with a baby and a toddler should stay on site. So they get the advantage of the Magical Express to carry all of that baby gear they have to bring with them. And they have a superior location, depending upon which hotel they choose, to go back and take midday naps which I have been doing for years and years and years. So try and, that's basically your family, Joe, right? Except for you have three kids, not, not two. Yeah, we uh, are very into staying on site these days. And I will give the counterpoint. I would say that if you are a large family traveling with like grandparents and things like that, you might want to consider staying off site just in terms of the money you can save. Probably for half the price you would pay to stay in say three rooms at Disney. You could get an apartment, maybe even like with a pool. There's lots of vacation rentals out there. We'll try to cover those in another episode. But you know, if you're staying in a large extended family, you know, it might not be nice to kind of have a house that can be your home base. You won't be in the parks as much, but it should be uh, better for you in terms of your living situation. Agreed. All right. So that's about it. If you have any thoughts on your favorite on-site hotel benefits, please let us know. You can find me at As Joe Flies and Leslie at Trips with Tykes, all over social media. Other than that, thanks again, Leslie, and I will see you on site. Thanks, Joe.